Krishna everyone and we are back with the message of Godhead by His Divine Grace Srila A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada page number 30 so to solve this dilemma the personality of Godhead Sri Krishna advises us as follows the best policy for doing work is to perform all prescribed duties for the satisfaction of Yagya or Vishnu, the Supreme Being and Absolute Truth. Otherwise, all actions will produce reactions that will cause bondage. If work is done for the sake of Yagya, one will become free from all bondage. This method of work, which does not cause any bondage, is called work with transcendental results or Karma Yoga. By working this way, one not only becomes immune to the bondage of work, but also develops transcendental devotion toward the Absolute Personality of Godhead. Rather than enjoying the fruits of his work himself, a person should dedicate the same for the transcendental loving service of the Personality of Godhead. This is the first step on the ladder of devotional service. Lord Chaitanya taught this process of devotional service to Srila Rupa Goswami at Dashashwamedha Ghat in Prayag. There, the Lord said that only by the mercy of Sri Krishna, the Personality of Godhead, and the mercy of the spiritual master, can a fortunate soul get the seed of transcendental loving devotional service. Karma Yoga is the first stage of this pure devotional service. This science is taught by Sri Krishna himself or by his bona fide confidential servants. Unless one takes lessons from such sources, one must inevitably misunderstand the import of Karma Yoga, as do the ordinary mundaners who often advertise themselves as Karma Yoga experts. We have to earn some wealth just to push on with our material existence. In exchange for that wealth, we secure the necessities of life, primarily something for our hungry stomach. When we eat, we keep a healthy body, and when we keep a healthy body, we earn our livelihood. This is the wheel of work on which we circumambulate all over the universe. There is no estimation of how far and how long we have been circumambulating in this way, suffering life after life, the concomitant distresses resulting from the struggle for illusory material happiness, which is like a will-o'-the-wisp. In the capacity of false enjoyer, without any obedience to the supremely powerful Lord, the soul searches for permanent happiness, life after life, but he does not know where real happiness is. 
As Prahlad Maharaj says, quote, No one knows that his ultimate self-interest is to reach Vishnu, the all-powerful Godhead, unquote. Without knowing our real self-interest, we are aimlessly voyaging on the ocean of material existence, life after life. And, tossed as we are by the waves of action and reaction, we cannot ascertain the volume of our distresses in undertaking such ominous journey. We must know that the goal of our voyage is to reach the absolute truth. Vishnu, the all-pervading Godhead. Sri Krishna confirms this by saying that everything must be performed for the satisfaction of Vishnu or Yajna. In the Rig Veda, the same truth is described. Vishnu is the supreme deity and thus all subordinate gods look to Vishnu and his lotus feet. The author of the Vedas is the personality of Godhead himself. Consequently, his Bhagavad Gita is the finest summary of all the teachings in the Vedas. There is no doubt about it. Sri Krishna's instruction is, therefore, that if we want to be free of the bondage of the wheel of work, we must do everything for the satisfaction of Vishnu and Vishnu only. Formerly, the people of India, now misnamed as Hindus, followed Varnashrama Dharma or Sanatana Dharma, the system that organizes human affairs according to four social orders and four spiritual orders. Those in three higher social orders, namely the Brahmanas, the instructive order, the Kshatriyas, the administrative order, and the Vaishyas, the productive order, would all lead the life of Vaishnavism, or centering every action upon the supreme deity, Vishnu. In all the four spiritual orders, students, householders, retirees and renunciants, Vishnu was being worshipped especially in the householder order. Particularly, the Brahmana householders would worship Vishnu without fail, and even now the descendants of those Brahmanas continue to worship Vishnu daily as their family deity. These spiritually cultured people would do everything for the sake of Vishnu. According to their capacity, they would buy foodstuffs and cook them for the worship of Vishnu. Then the meal they offered to satisfy Vishnu became prasadam, the Lord's mercy. The remnants of his meal and that would be eaten by them. What was possible in days gone by and is still being done here and there even today can again be made possible in all spheres of life by a little adjustment suitable to time, place and people. 
in this way, everyone can get free of the binding network of actions and reactions. The learned sages say that to approach the lotus feet of Vishnu is to get liberation. We can satisfy our ordinary desires by satisfying the transcendental senses of Vishnu, which is the ultimate goal of Karma Yoga. If we do not perform our duties in this manner, then certainly any and all work we do will produce nothing but poisonous material results and ultimately there will be disaster in the world. By doing everything for the satisfaction of Vishnu and taking remnants, by doing everything for the satisfaction of Vishnu and taking the remnants of the offerings made to Vishnu, we can get rid of the vices and sinful reactions that accumulate in the course of performing our prescribed duties. Although we may take to so many precautions against these vices and sinful reactions, even in the course of ordinary business exchanges and ventures, we have to commit so many sins. For instance, we find it necessary and unavoidable in businesses' dealings to speak lies, not to mention the volumes of lies that are spoken by members of the legal profession. Lawyers have to resort to all sorts of trickery to get around the law in which their clients have become entangled. And of course, the members of other professions, as well as those who are in the service of others, have to do the same kind of thing, intentionally or unintentionally. One has to commit such sins and incur the sinful reactions without any doubt. Even if we take all precautions to protect ourselves against committing any sins, and Vaishnavas, the devotees of Vishnu, naturally take all such precautions, still, unconsciously we kill so many ants and other insects while discharging even the most ordinary duties, such as walking from one place to another. Even while simply drinking water, we kill many tiny aquatic creatures, and we also kill many living entities merely by cleaning our homes or when sleeping or eating. In sum, we cannot avoid all the sins we occur, even unconsciously, in the ordinary course of life. According to the laws of man, a person may be hanged when he commits homicide, but he is not hanged when he kills lower animals. According to the laws of God, however, one also commits sin by killing a lower animal. We are punished by the laws of God for either action. Those who do not believe in the laws of God or even in His existence may go on committing such sins and they may not come to their senses despite the countless sufferings they are put into for committing such sins. But that does not affect the existence of God or His eternal laws. Jai. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We shall continue with this topic and this chapter in the next episode.
So the link to this book is in the description and we will see you next time. Hare Krishna!